Candace Parker is along with us tonight. And moments ago, Kristen Ledlow. Parker, what a look inside. Kristen Ledlow is on our sideline with the terrific Candace Parker. I'm Kristen Ledlow. I'm Candace Parker. And this is Ledlow and Parker. On this week's show, we've got the NBA champion, the future Hall of Famer, and now the Oscar hopeful Kevin Garnett. I mean, I'm telling you, going for an Oscar. <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> But first, let's start with That's What We Said. I will handle it with dignity and class. You certainly messed up a lot more than I did. I think all of us just want to leave the league better than we came into it. And that's what we said. That's what we said. We said. <laughs> that's what we said. <laughs> there are two huge matchups this week on TNT. Lakers in Milwaukee taking on the Bucks, then Rockets in L.A. taking on the Clippers. So Thursday's games have me wondering, Candace, what do you think has been the most impressive storyline of the NBA season thus far? Even when you just look at these four teams, is it the Lakers early season, the Bucks early season? Harden's scoring, Kawhi and PG's do. I mean, there are so many different things that have been unbelievably impressive thus far. What immediately comes to mind? Up until this point, I mean, LeBron and AD have been the best duo in the league. The, the Lakers have gotten off to a tremendous start. Top of the West. I mean, they're playing. LeBron is not playing like he's in his 17th year. <laughs> no. In the NBA. And I expected them to gel, but this quick, I... I I didn't think would come together this quickly. And more impressive than the Bucks, perhaps because they had an MVP returning and they had the majority of a team returning that made a conference finals run that was just a couple of wins away from an NBA finals appearance. I think because the Lakers have been somewhat unexpected, there were a lot of questions surrounding the start of the season. They signed a lot of players that had a lot of question marks surrounding the, the, the continuation of their careers. And I think because of the amount of criticism they received after this offseason, waiting for so long to see where Kawhi Leonard would sign, he does not choose the Lakers. He chooses to play in the same building, but to play for the Clippers instead. The realistic expectation is that it takes at least a little while for this Lakers team to be as good as they are now, but it's taken no time at all. Not at all. And we've had some exciting plays thus far in the season exciting games but just to see the way LeBron is handling that point guard position he's always been a point in my eyes but the way he's just distributing the ball scoring at will then you throw the ball to AD defensively yeah. the Lakers have been just outstanding and which has allowed them to get out in transition which makes for exciting plays for fans. This is, though, a doubleheader on TNT. So as we move past the Lakers and Bucks, we've got the Rockets and Clippers. What, though, is more impressive to you about those two teams? What James Harden is doing on the offensive end or the Kawhi and PG duo? I like shiny new toys. <laughs> so James Harden is one of the most dynamic scorers that the league will ever see. And he's transcended the way the game has been played. I think people have kind of gotten used to it and aren't mm. getting him, giving him due credit. But I am very excited about Kawhi and PG. I mean, right now they're not playing a ton of minutes and they're putting on performances that when they do play alongside yeah. one another are scary and scary for the opponents and scary in playoffs when there is no load management and there is no watching and making sure that they're playing, you know, a, a good amount of minutes to come back from injury. So for me, it's very intriguing in the West just because when Paul George and Kawhi are playing, 
it it's it's going to be fun as a basketball fan to watch them just dominate. I think that long term, what the Clippers accomplish is going to be more impressive. But right now, if we're talking about early season success, James Harden becoming the first ever player with back-to-back 50-plus point games with at least 10 three-pointers in each. I mean, he's been in the MVP conversation now for the better part of this last decade. And every time we don't vote him MVP, he somehow comes out and just a little bit yes. better. Like, how does he continue to top himself? Even last season, we were not only talking about him being the, the runner-up in the MVP conversation and the MVP for some of, if not most of, the entirety of the regular season season we were talking about how he couldn't possibly get any better and what he's done through these first couple of months is somehow better we could though see a shakeup in the nba soon because this is the longest stretch in the nba between free agency and the trade deadline without a trade since 1968 the trade deadline isn't until february 6th and that of course is when most teams make their moves but this week did mark the unofficial start to the trading window when summer's free agent signings are actually able to be traded. So Candace, let me ask you, what's a trade that you think could have a potential league altering impact moving forward? Kevin Love. Oh yeah. He is going to be a tremendous addition to any franchise that trades for him. I was speaking with Smitty before the show and Steve Smith teammate, he said that he would like to see him in Boston. And before he said that, I said, I'd like to see him go home and go to Portland and kind of help, you know, Dame out, get him over the hump, bring in that championship experience. But when he said that, I said, you know, that kind of makes sense. If he goes to Boston, Boston, you know, obviously they could get better at that four position they're used to people stepping out and knocking down threes. And already a contender in the Eastern Already Conference. a contender. Tatum's playing a lot of the four position right now for them. I think Kevin Love would be unbelievable in Boston. I mean, just being able to space him. He can operate in the mid post when need be. Defensively, they're already strong, so they can kind of hide a few of his weaknesses on that end. But... Man, besides that one play where he did stop Stephen Curry in the NBA Finals. That's true. Defensive he plays it when he needs to. Power. I like that. I feel you. I feel you, K-Love. Play it when you need to. It's interesting because we aren't hearing a lot of the bigger names in the NBA in these trade conversations for the first time in a long time. But you mentioned the Boston Celtics. Do you think that perhaps that means that Gordon Hayward could be a piece that's available? Well, I mean, in Boston, it's log jammed at that position. And at some point they have to figure out, I mean, they've already given Jalen the bag. Gordon already got the bag from the trade, you know, from coming over in free agency from Utah. Jason Tatum's up. Are they going to pay? I mean, can they really pay three small forwards at the same position? What I was thinking, though, about this, about trades that have, well, league altering implications. I was looking back at some of the bigger names that had been traded during the regular season. But I think the one that stood out to me most was back in 2016, because sometimes I think a trade's implications are actually a lot bigger behind closed doors. When you're talking about a contender, it's not always about adding a superstar piece, but adding the right piece or the right couple of pieces to get you over that hump that you mentioned. And the one for Channing Frye back in February of 2016, I know some of the people listening right now are probably giggling, but if you think about the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they had accomplished 
up until that point. They were coming off an NBA Finals appearance when so many of their guys were hurt. LeBron James had to do what he did simply to get that team through the finish line. The second leading scorer, by the way, Timofey Mozgov. That's the team. to Russia. Yeah, there it is. That's the team, though, that LeBron was carrying through that final. So then in August... RJ signs, Richard Jefferson signs with the Cavs. Then Amon and JR, Amon Shumpert and JR Smith are picked up in January, followed by the trade for Channing Fry. Now, if you were following closely any of the narrative surrounding that Cavaliers team or that Cavaliers locker room that season, it was essentially that this perhaps is over. These guys are not enjoying showing up to work anymore, that Kevin Love has mentally checked out. And if you look back on it now, and if you talk to any one of those guys who were in the locker room or any one of us who were covering the entirety of that Cavalier season, it was all about finding those guys that made it enjoyable to come to work again. It was that Kevin found close friendships in RJ and Channing. It was that those guys made it fun to continue showing up and to continue to go into a locker room that up until that point had been invaded by perhaps a bit of a narrative that was either created or not by the media that looked like it could be the end of the Cavalier run. And instead it sparked what ended up being a championship run. Yeah, I I like that, Kristen. But you know, the same thing. Do you remember when they nixed the Doc Rivers? You can't trade a coach from. <laughs> from <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about players impact, you know, players being traded, but uh, Doc Rivers, them trying to trade him to the Clippers to coach. Was, that may, that's all time. Yeah, that's all time. Yeah. Well, coming up next, we've got a guy who's, well, traded his basketball shoes for perhaps an Oscar. We're just going to keep generating the buzz. Kevin Garnett is on the phone. Tonight was a bar fight. You ever been in a bar fight? You take this outfit home and you burn it. I forgot you was doing the interview. Go ahead. He's not only one of my favorite players of all time, he now is starring in a movie with one of my favorite entertainers of all time and Adam Sandler of the upcoming Uncut Gems. Kevin Garnett is on the phone. KG, what's up? You, you, you. What's up, ladies? How y'all doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us today, KG. We know you're really busy with yeah. this, you know, tour and everything like that. Big movie listen, star now. Right. Listen, so listen, we appreciate you talking a little old us. Okay, I just want everybody to know I was threatened by Candace Parker that I had no choice <laughs> but to do this interview, so that's why we do it. Really? Doing, that's what we're no going to do? Okay. Right. Okay. You already know. Don't, don't. All right. Go ahead. Now I got receipts now. All right. How y'all doing, though? Congrats on the show, y'all. Thank you. you know and congratulations saying? to you. This is huge. We're reading through about the movie and seeing legitimate Oscar buzz for both you and Adam. I mean, what has this experience been like? This is totally out of my, 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 uh, my whole makeup. Candace to tell you, I'm a very private person. I don't, I'm very shy. I'm not really the one to put on TV for stuff. You know, I don't always be, I don't, I don't always have the right TV etiquette with stuff, but with this, it seemed uh, the synergy was there day one. They asked me to play myself and I really sat back and I thought like, man, if I don't play myself, like who would y'all yeah. get to play me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but how difficult, that. though, is it to play yourself from years ago? It's not just you showing up as KG now. You've got to tap into who you were seven years ago. But it, but understand how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it like I can definitely recall the times where we played. Uh, I can definitely recall times where certain teams, certain moments, certain playoff runs. So I just tapped into that, man. And then, too, Cinnamon, 
Cinematography is very similar to basketball. You have to prepare. You got to have direction. You got to have vision. You got to have passion. And I just, you know, I actually just applied the same things that I do in basketball into the screen. So it, it came out beautiful, man. And that's what I was going to ask you, KG. I mean, you, you, you spoke in an interview about how you kind of watched film in similar ways that you do with basketball. You watched film and you kind of replayed yeah. scenes in your head. Now, I yeah. can say I you know, sat in front of you on the bus one time after a game in which you went through every single play in your head out loud, <laughs> describing how you should have played this or how you went for a pump fake or how you dunked on somebody. Do you do that same thing in acting? You know what it is? You, you find yourself being comfortable saying certain things or saying certain things a certain way. Uh, Candace, it depends on really the direction that they give you. And, and that's what I can say. Josh and Benny... Uh, they produced this thing. They gave great direction. They let it be totally organic to how I would do something versus, you know, putting a label on you and then telling you to be that. They just let me be myself. And then I'm thinking, if you can't be yourself, think about it. You're playing Kevin Garnett yourself. You know, if you can't be, you know what I'm saying, yourself, then who are you? So, you know, it, it, I found it very, very, not easy, but very simple. You know, obviously you got dialogue. Obviously you got momentum. You got timing. All those things that really add up on the same and very parallel to basketball. It's very, very similar. When you go to pick and roll, that's all timing. You know, him coming off, you setting it. If either one of y'all are off, it's a moving pick or, or, or it doesn't work. So acting is very similar to that. But you mentioned Josh and Benny, the writer-directors. They're diehard Knicks fans, as is Adam Sandler. You're a Celtics Die legend. What was that? I mean, what was that like? It was instant beef at, at, at like, instant <laughs> beef, like... The first thing he said to me, Candace Chris, he was like, uh, yeah, that's what you know. As a Nick player, I, I couldn't stand you. I, I, I hate your gut. <laughs> I said, well, that's a great, in- that's a great intro yeah. to like this whole relationship. Is this how we're going to set the tone or whatever? But they're very, very much basketball guys. They're very much visionaries. And the synergy on the set with Julia and the weekend, like it was, it was just, listen, we all knew we was part of something special. Just didn't know how special. So yeah, this is a great, great, great experience for me. You know, as, as a basketball player, I think you have certain memories about different things in your career. To be able to go back to a series in 2012, Celtics versus the Sixers on screen, what are some things that you can remember from behind the scenes that happened during that, during that series? Um, I can remember, oh man, 2012, we were, we were not playing that great. And I can honestly say the whole time we was in the playoffs, we just, we were thinking about Miami. We was, we were thinking about how, you know, we can kind of see the, the the writing on the wall. We were all a little more aged. Candace, I think you were you in um were you in? Uh, I was Boston there in 2010. 2010, I was okay. there. Okay, okay. I was just about to say around that time we were all kind of coming down off our peak, or we was coming down the slide, if you will. And our main goal was just to get past Miami. We knew that if we could get past Miami and this kind of new agenda that was coming into the NBA, that we had a good chance of winning it. But you know, the agenda in the cars was different, and you know. It just didn't come out that way. But I recall uh, Drew Holiday. I remember Drew Holiday had a decent series. I remember my, um, I remember for some reason, 17 to 15, 15 to 17, I couldn't miss. And Doc kept saying, hey, don't think about it. Let it go. And every time I touched the ball, I was letting it go. But it was a fun series. Uh, Elm Brand showed up to the uh, one of the premieres up in New York. We kind of went back and forth a little bit. It was fun. And uh, it was just great to reflect on, on, on the cool series, man. There is, though, a rumor that uh, Doc Rivers designed plays specifically to your acting ability. Any truth to this? So let me just clear this up. 
<laughs> clear it up for him, KG. Clear it up. Well, let me straighten this up. Let me take off my jacket and flash clear it up. You know what I'm saying? So, kids, you already know that in every play, you got you to gotta have a pawn, and then it's actually who the play is for. So, sometimes, not to say it's your best player or your second best or your third best player, but somebody has to be a pawn. So, in this particular play, where he can get like an open wide shot, I had to be the pawn. So, it calls for me to act for some acting. So, I was like, so I would play it. We would come out. And Doc would say, hey, look, the play was for me to clap for the ball and act like, I, act like I was going to get the ball, but I had to give it off. I had to give the swag. I had to give it off. So coming out of timeout, I'm already talking. Hey, look, if he, if he ain't there, go ahead and throw it. I'm, I'm going to get this up. This, this will be lights out. Y'all, hey, look, I'm just gassing it up. So I'm like, hey, look, wait till I come off. I'm talking all loud and everything. So now I got Chris Boss looking at me, and he's like, yeah, he's going to come off. Hey, give me some help on the – and I'm watching how they set up. So – when Rondo get the ball, I clap. Hey, hey, oh, 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 I got him, I got him. And he bit hard, and I had to go back door. When I went back door, Dwayne Wade and uh, LeBron switched, and they both came with me. Paul came off the screen, then set it, and had an open three. Boom, we beat the Heat. <laughs> but, Kristen, so can I just around. add to the fact that, like, KG really can remember every single moment. In detail. In Not detail. Every. KG, be real. Like, but Not after games, you recalled every single moment and how you could do better or what you should have done or what you did that was well. So I just have to say, like, acting probably was a piece of cake for this yeah. dude because yeah. remembering lines, he remembers plays and remembers the game like it's, you know, on the back of his hand. Well, so Kevin, we started reminiscing a little bit as we were not only reading about your film, but looking on back on your career. And after an NBA championship, this uh, this may come to mind. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Anything's possible! One of my favorite moments in the history of the game of basketball. But my question to you, if you win an Oscar or any major award for this role that you're playing in Uncut Gems, how do you top that kind of acceptance speech? So for me, I'm just being honest. The championship is the pinnacle. It was the top of my mountaintop. It was the peak of everything that I worked hard for, Candace, to tell you. You win a championship, the culmination of kind of circle back to all the countless moments you've been in here working on these moves and doing all this and you question it sometimes and it don't always come out how you want it but when you win it everything you stand for everything you is your dna comes out in that moment and uh anything's possible was an organic moment for me it came to me and i felt like something was talking through me and it was basically the culmination of everything that i felt like i had worked hard for and I can honestly say that if I was to ever accomplish anything on that on that level, I would let it be organic and whatever came to me speak to it to the to the gods could hear me. You understand? So I'm very appreciative of being able to be in a position to say anything <laughs> inspirational or just to be influenced. Um, I, I'm a, I, I can't even I can't even tell you if I don't have nothing cocked and loaded to give you. It would just be very organic and it would be from the heart. I can definitely say that. Well, passion has always been a part of who you are, what you bring to the game of basketball. We talk to different players about ways that they kind of get that adrenaline out. I mean, when you go from having the type of career you had to going back to almost everyday life, I mean, it's hard for me in the off season. I'm on the elliptical, like trying to set goals (laughs) to release the adrenaline because there's nothing like playing 
in an arena for a purpose. Like, do you, did you get that similar type of adrenaline from acting or like, how do you, where do you get that in your everyday life? Your, that adrenaline that you got when you played? Uh, believe it or not, kids, you, you, you know, kids give you a certain adrenaline. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very challenging to find things that, uh, you know, kind of, kind of mimic or if, if not parallel uh, sports. Uh, it's, it's so dramatic. You know, when you're playing, you're playing on such a high level. You play at a high volume. Every play has something. There's some steam on it. Everything's done at a high velocity. Everything's played above the rim. Like, it's just everything's on high tilt. So when you come off that, it's, it's really difficult finding things that either mimic or being able to replace that. Uh, acting for a second, you know, takes you back there because you're in the middle of dialogue and you're getting it. And you're riding the wave and the momentum and the timing and everything. You know that it's a good shot. It feels like a perfect shot, but you don't, you know, you don't really know nothing about cinematography. Then you hear and cut. And it's like, man, you killed that. Oh my God. And you're, <laughs> you're looking at everybody like You're a rookie. Yeah, yeah, you're a rookie again. Oh, yeah, right. And I'm like, like, okay, that. thank you. Okay, okay. So you find yourself being back in that gullible, kind of sacred and innocent place and appreciative. But you really have to put hard work into, you know, it's like anything. You want some real results or something, you got to work at it. You got to really, you know, uh, put some put, put something in it for it to be something. But I, I won't lie to y'all, man. I work out Monday through Fridays. <laughs> I, I cheat on it. You know, I cheat on cupcakes and my other little stuff on the weekend. Yes. <laughs> but it's very hard, you know, fulfilling that and finding those voice that kind of mimic those moments. It's very, very hard. But, you know, I get a lot of dope moments through my kids. I get a lot of dope moments through just working out on the beach. Go to the beach. You're talking about that elliptical. Get your ass on that sand out there. That'll, that'll change up the whole narrative of everything. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I got you. But, you know, you know. But, um, yeah, that's. I didn't anticipate coming off the court finding something that was going to replace that. You know, that was playing in the NBA was probably the highest highest of the highest that you can ever, that you can ever imagine if you can, you know, like every day. Every day you're getting better from a guy in front of you or in back of you or a guy that's trying to take your position or it's just every day it's a competition about something. And um, you just don't turn that off when you, when you walk away from it. That, that, some of that fire still, still burns and you have, to, you have to replace it with something, you know? The game has changed so much, though, as you know, and the game's Man. players Ooh. have changed a Ooh. lot as well. Is there any player now that reminds you of you? Um... You know, it's crazy. I, I actually like watching Pat Beverly. I, I love watching Westbrook. I love watching, um, I love watching players who actually, you know, put a lot of passion into the defensive or the offensive. Uh, it, like you said, the game has changed so much, man. I watch, I watch James Harden. I watch James Harden score the ball, and it just makes me wonder, like, how many people don't know the step back is coming? Like, you know, it's coming. Like, like, how can you not know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I find myself embracing this new style of play versus, you know, contrasting it with how we played five, ten years ago. You know, I embrace the new stars. I embrace the new, the new, um, the new moves. I seen Carl Anthony Towns do a spin move and fade away off one leg off the bank. And I looked at it like, what in the? But also saw. You know what I'm saying? Candace go baseline in heels and hit a fadeaway. So I was like, oh. yeah. which was, woo, girl, you was, let me see. Right. Okay. But that was fire to me. So I've been embracing just this new whole, 
you know, this new this new era, this new style, the the new play. Um, it's entertaining, and uh, you know, I, like all the young boys, man. When I'm able to give something to them, I, I give it to them. But yeah, you you'll never be able to replace the league, yo. In the, in the peaks and valleys of that, that was that was the ultimate. It's interesting though that you mentioned Patrick Beverly first. Listen to this from Pat. Kevin Garnett, uh, he's my idol, of course. The reason why we're at number twenty-one. I just wanted to see his passion. Uh, a lot of people preach about how he, you know, used to talk on defense. I just wanted to, you know, see how that feels. What does that mean to you, KG? <laughs> Bev, my 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 youngin, dog. That's he, he like my he like my nephew. You know, that's 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 the, that's the youngin there. He's good people, real good people. Um, we always found some synergy with just that right there. He's a very passionate dude. You know, young guys, just like, you know, I was young at once, always looking for influence, looking for some type of direction, you know, wanting to know what drives me, wanting to know what the inner DNA is made up of, you know, all that. Um, we have a connection with just playing hard. And then he, and his journey is sick, man. If you've ever heard his story, he has a very, very inspiring story that I just, you know, I just connected with. And, um, you know, he picks my brain whenever I sing. You know, I'm an open book to a lot of the young boys. I'm always trying to, Always trying to give wisdom and some knowledge to where, where, where I can. You know, I'm not a know-it-all, but what I do know, I like to share it. And uh, we just have a dope connection, man. That's five all day. He know, he know we all well. He know what it is. That's my guy, man. He's a, he's a Chicago kid, so, you know, we speak from a Chicago cloth, too. You know what I'm saying? So, Pat Bev has always been somebody who I know day one looked up to me. And uh, I always felt like it was a responsibility for me to give him those jewels, you know? You got to pass these Jews on, so you know. Okay, so speaking of which, I I don't know how many times I've asked. So so we're gonna get to a gym, similar to how we made this podcast happen. We're gonna get to the gym. And you're going to teach me the right shoulder. You're going to teach me the right shoulder shimmy. That's all I'm saying. You're you're passing down information of Patrick Beverly and Giannis Antetokounmpo and all that. I've asked for a simple lesson in a shimmy. And it's been going on four years, Kristen. So we said it here. We made this happen. I know you're about to win an Oscar and everything. But could you take time for the little people? I am from Chicago area, too. She was waiting to get you in a public platform. I just... I'm just saying. I'm from Chicago too. I I would like uh, some lessons as okay, well. Okay, let's let's talk in partnership then. Let's talk in like right. okay, okay, no, okay. You can't be offering all the conversations, can you? Can't be telling me, hey, look, be at the gym at two. You gonna teach me this? I want the shimmy. I want this. I want the step back. I want the da da da. I want the up and under. I want the sleep for real. I want the da da da. Like, no. But, K- some of this is- but KG, I I do have uh, you know a patent move that we have argued about over time, and I promised I would go into the show before I brought this up. But listen, KG, Giannis is one of your players oh that you have trained. Can bring you this second up. this? Uh, can you second this? Yes. You've yeah. trained Giannis. He's gone on record saying. Definitely one. Love working with KG. Love working with KG is amazing. Uh, he brings he takes he brings that toughness and that uh, you know mental toughness and that intensity. He did an up and under move. Yeah. Did you or did you not, Jack Candace's signature? Did you not? Because now you're talking about the move as a travel, but then you're going to teach it. So I'm just mm-hmm. asking whether you can finally admit that that is not a travel. So <laughs> let me just let me just for the record. <laughs> Let me just get this. Let me get this. Let me get this. Let me get this understood. Okay. Let me let me let me let me, let me make sure everybody understand what I did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now I'm not a fan of the move. Okay. It's not necessarily my move. It's not necessarily something that I would do. But if 
client came to me or a young player wanted to learn the move, then I would have to teach okay. that person or felt compelled to teach okay. that okay. move. You understand? Okay. I can't take credit for every guy's or girl's move in their arsenal of moves. That so happens I saw the play you saw. Okay. And I still feel the same way that I feel. And I couldn't believe they let Giannis get away with the walk. <laughs> All right. Well, I couldn't. I, I it's the like, evolution oh, wow, of the really? game. So, so we're a, just going to just. No, it's an exaggerated. He's gathering as oh he's my doing God, it. So listen, <laughs> he is. Listen, it still comes down to establishing a pivot and not being able to pick that pivot up. Once that pivot comes off the ground, it's a walk. And I'm going to stay on that. I just, I I just want to know if the ref it. called it. That's the only, okay. Listen, I just, that's listen. all I want so to do. So now I see that now that Giannis is doing it, it's now commendable. And now it's, it's, it's expected now for you to have the up and under versus slipping it. <laughs> you got to step through like Candace. So the move has made its way to 2020. That's what I'm, that's what I'm mad at. But how did this, Illegal Kristen, move. Kristen, this entire it... show could have been this oh, argument. Just this, yes, Listen, this entire show. I don't even want to argue about this. I actually want to talk about something of substance so that we can continue to be friends. Okay, but I'm every about time it. we go here, I, I swear you get you just. I just. I don't erase your name. I just erase a letter <laughs> on the Christmas list. Just, right now, the E is gone. You know what I'm saying? We just oh, kind of here, here we kindis, go. You know, like <laughs> it ain't go. no E on the end of your joint. You know, like man, I can't believe you got that move has I contaminated can't. our sport now. I now can't, it's in Kristen. our league. It's in our league. Well, speaking of Christmas, I'm being told we've got to wrap this thing up. But Uncut Gems is out nationwide Christmas Eve. Everybody go see it. And in case the Oscar buzz hasn't gotten big enough yet, we're going to keep it going here, KG. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, KG, for man, sure. Man, congratulations on y'all's show. Thank y'all for having me. And Merry Christmas to y'all. Right? Thank, Thank you, you Merry Kevin. Christmas. <laughs> So as we continue to generate Oscar buzz for our friend Kevin Garnett, we decided to come up with a conversation based on athletes who have done something similar, transitioned into acting roles. So Candace, what I want to know from you. But wait, we got to establish like some have been good and some had have turned out really, really bad. Well, like KG's obviously we're hearing Oscar buzz, so it's going to turn out well. He probably did a good job. Well, then should we start with the five worst and then move into the five best? <laughs> I think at least yeah. we need to say one bad one. Like that, yeah. that has to happen because not all like when Kobe tried to be a rapper, like it just sometimes it doesn't right. work out, you know, like Shaq as an actor, perhaps. Um, I was. Yeah, he's a teammate. So I was going there. That was what I insinuated. We want him on the podcast. He can argue his point. I'm not going to lie. Layla liked his movie. Right. She's Layla loved the genie. Like she loved that. Yeah, and she's a ten year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shaq is not gonna generate Oscar buzz, no matter how much we love him. Well, <laughs> shout out to Shaq. Good job. You you did your best. Come on the podcast. Let's go then with the best, since you don't want to name names. <laughs> because we could name several of our teammates if we were going with the worst, but here we are. All right, starting with number five. Who do you think? I think I have to go with an overall movie of Like Mike. There were a mm. lot of actors that played themselves within the movie, but particularly, I was a big Allen Iverson fan, so I like Allen Iverson's little like role in that part. <laughs> like, I think he yes. did a really good job of playing Allen Iverson. Okay, then can we discuss how much more difficult, though, is it to play yourself as opposed to playing a character? It's so much easier to play yourself, Kristen. Wouldn't you think? You would just go be Kristen. 
And then the the director would try to tell you like, no, that's not. And you'd be like, no, no, no. Well, I would say it this then way. Then why are so many athletes so bad at it? I feel like they're just not themselves. Maybe I don't know. But when you're playing yourself, the reading someone on. else's lines, that is a little more difficult. Well, Kristen, when you're shooting in a gym by yourself, it's a lot different than shooting in a gym with an arena full of people. That's, Sometimes when the lights yeah. come on, you're good at basketball, but remembering lines, not so good. If I'm going to go with number five, as we're ranking these best athlete actors, I'm going to go with, let's call him best new artist, LeBron James. Okay. All right? He was great in Trainwreck. I forgot about Trainwreck. That's a great he movie. He was great in Trainwreck. And I don't think that very many people who don't know him behind the scenes know how fun and funny and, and really goofy he actually is. But I did spend one day's worth of time. On the Space Jam 2 set. That is all that I can say. But what I can tell you is that he'll at least generate buzz. Oscar buzz for Space Jam 2, perhaps not. But he is a great actor. Okay, Kristen, first of all, I'm so excited that you're in Space Jam 2. I didn't say that. I said I spent a day's worth of time at the Space Jam 2 set. Okay. And (laughs) secondly... I forgot about Trainwreck. My favorite scene in that movie was with Marv Albert, another teammate. Right. Oh my, that scene when he's doing the play-by-play voice. So good. As an intervention. That was so funny. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. All right. Number four. I got, um, just because I'm in Thunderstruck. (laughs) We can confirm I'm in Thunderstruck. Well, then number four can be Candace Parker. No, I think I did a good job playing myself. Kevin Durant was the Thunderstruck movie. And again, my 10 year old daughter likes that movie. (laughs) Some of the reason was because I was in that movie. But some of it was because it was a great concept of the movie. It was. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes. For me, number four, I'm going Kyrie Irving. Uncle Drew. He has to go full costume. Mm-hmm. He has to do a voice. And he turned it into a leading role in a movie based on a Pepsi commercial. That's pretty impressive. I, I mean, I think that you're showing out with your acting skills if somebody sees you in a commercial and then turns it into an entire movie. Right. So that's that's pretty dope. Number three. Lie. Number three. Okay, this is hard. I'm going to go with Mike Ditka. I'm a mm. Chicagoan. And when he was paired with Will Ferrell and Kicking and Screaming, I watch that every time it comes on television. That movie is Hilarious. one of my favorite movies. When he had like the parents doing push-ups yes. and he's like pushing the kids. I mean, that movie just I makes me laugh. I thought of Coach yeah. Ditka. That is yeah. a great call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is an incredible movie Thank as you. well. Thank you. Yeah, that's a funny movie. <laughs> Number three for me, because I'm from Tallahassee, I... One of our former running backs, Burt Reynolds. Oh, see, you don't even think about Burt Reynolds don't. as an athlete first. But he he went on to, to be in so many iconic films and so many iconic roles. And, you know, because he was a running back at Florida State, when Adam Sandler remade The Longest Yard, that's why his character was the quarterback at FSU. I did not know that. It was a nod to Burt Reynolds, the original. That's awesome. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, I learned two. something new every day with number you. Number two. All right. Um, number two would definitely have to be The Rock. Number two? Yes. I'm Because d- don't talk about my number one because this is my all-time favorite, well, second favorite movie <sighs> okay. ever. Okay. So number two is The Rock. Just every single movie that he plays in. Him and Kevin Hart together. The movie where The Rock plays in Central Intelligence. Yeah. And he's wearing like the little unicorn shirt. And then like he goes back to high school. I mean, Moana, he's saying no, shiny. Okay, and, no, I don't disagree know, with your choice. Mari- like, no, yeah. I don't disagree with your choice. I disagree that he should be number two. He's undoubtedly number one. Eh. He's the highest you have yours, I have mine. movie star 
this year. College football at Miami, won a national title back in 91, moved on to be a WWE superstar. But if something were ever to happen to him and we were to watch a highlight reel of his life, those things may not even make it because he's been in so many great movies. I mean, he's been unbelievable. I'm not going to lie. But he was my number one. Who's your number? Who's your number one then? Well, should I give my number two then? You give your. Yeah, give your number two. Okay. Number two. My number two. I thought outside the box. Okay. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. She's also a Krav Maga master, served in the Israeli army, and was a combat instructor. She was actually recruited for the role based on her fighting abilities. Wow. Right? Kristen, wow. You did, you did that. I told you I did yes. research for this. Jeez, you did research. Okay, well, I grew up where he got game. <sighs> was like <laughs> what you watched. It That's was like loving basketball and he got game. And Ray Allen acted the hell out of Why that role. Why did he do other movies? I don't know because he, I really, Jesus Shuttlesworth, I have the jersey, mm-hmm. everything. So Ray Allen to me, I loved watching that movie. But to add to our list, Kristen, I also think it's the star that they pair the actor with. Oh, without so when, a doubt. You know, like Adam Sandler, that's a great, you know, co-star if you will if you can say co-star by adam sandler for kg will ferrell with ditka i mean right i think ray allen with denzel washington yeah so i also think that a lot has to do with the kevin actor. durant with you yeah. i like that kristen thank you <laughs> i would though uh like to give an honorable mention shout out to channing tatum who played one year of college football i first of all cannot with you and one year. second of all rick fox has to get a little bit of the honorable mention <laughs> Why? Because he's he's acted in like everything. That's true. Like Rick but, Fox has been like the actor and just random. Like you'll turn on a television show and you're like, whoa, Rick Fox. Okay, well, if that's the criteria, then we move Shaq right off worst of all time to honorable mention. He has been in everything. Okay. Well, we mentioned him. We mentioned both. <laughs> Honorably. We're starting a new segment as a way to get you the fans, the listeners involved into Ledlow and Parker, we've opened the fan mailbag. Let's go ahead and play the question. Hey, Kristen and Candace. It's Kendall from North Carolina. Huge fan of the pod. Question for you. If you had a movie made about your life, who would you want playing you? That's a great question and very applicable to this, you know, podcast about athletes turned actors. Do you know who you would want playing you? I think I would pick you know what? I'm going to go. Gabrielle Union. Yes. I'm going to pick Gabrielle Union to play me simply because I love that she's like witty, funny, hilarious, like a mom. She and shows like the ups and downs. No matter things. what age. She's just like the flawless. movie we're based on. She she's, could still look exactly I mean, the way you want her same. to. I mean, you could get bring it on Gabrielle yeah. Union. Mm. Could go to back to seventh heaven Gabrielle Union. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it back. You could go. Wait, I mean, Gabrielle Union was on seventh she heaven. She was on seventh heaven. Seriously? Yes, she was. I don't I remember an, that. I was a she was on Seventh Heaven. Gabrielle Union's athletic, like I, you know, she yes. posts like workout videos. She's fun. Yeah. So Gabrielle Union would play Candace Parker. She's beautiful, athletic, funny. That's all of the things that encompass Candace Parker. Oh, thank you, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you, teammate. <laughs> well, speaking of beautiful, athletic, and funny, I think I'd have to go with maybe Cameron Diaz. I like it. <laughs> I love it. We should have picked for each other. That's what we should have done. Oh, I like that also. Yes, but a Cameron Diaz, that's a good one. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, again, no. <laughs> She's hilarious. Yes. I think 
Depending, though, on how dramatic the role would have to be. I may lean towards someone like Jennifer Lawrence, get her another Oscar nod. I love it. But it would be one of those two. Favorite Based movie, on- favorite movie, Cameron Diaz movie. What happens in Vegas? <laughs> That's a great one. I like, I really like that movie. <laughs> Just that. So a movie about you, what would it be called? The Lead Lowdown. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Always plug in the pod. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm done with you, Kristen. <laughs> and I'm done with this segment. And done with the podcast for the week. Yeah. And fans can send us more questions. To at MBA on TNT. Yes, on all social channels. And we're going to answer a whole bunch more on on next week's episode. And we have Doris Burke. Because the NBA is on Christmas Day. So is she, but she called us first. 